and welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Dr. TJ. With me, as always, is Aaron, sitting over there all excited about today's show, the continuation of last week. Um, we're talking this week, uh, part two of ADD and autism. And so if you didn't tune in last week, we'll do a, a relatively quick recap. Um, I highly encourage you to go back and, and listen to that show. Um, we talked about... Um, Basically, the incidence of, of ADD um, and autism, they're on the rise. Um, ADD has risen like 42% over the last uh, eight years. Oh, yeah, and we also we, – we are going to use ADD and ADHD synonymously. We understand those are not the same thing. We get that. But a lot of the research is either on ADHD or on ADD, and to differentiate all that stuff out, it's really not that – overly important considering that what we're going to talk about today is, you know, what things you can do to help um, is going to apply to everything. So you started to say something, Aaron. I was going to say it it applies to everything. Oh, so. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Beat you to it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we also talked about last week, we talked about how environmental factors play a role um, they have to because we you don't see this dramatic of an increase without some sort of environmental factor being there. Um, we t- talked about the three critical factors that cause brain malfunction. We talked about biome depletion. That means our gut um, biome, the bacteria and stuff in our gut ha- is decreasing and depleting. Um, there are a lot of contributing factors to that. We talked about the environmental stimulus, having a very poor diet, um, eating so much more refined, processed foods, um, not having enough vitamin D. As you've, if you've, if you're a listener to the show, we've done some shows on vitamin D, and we talk about it a lot. And the national average here in the United States is is actually deficient. Um, we talked about that. Um, Taking lots and lots of antibiotics—that's another environmental stimulus that can that can be a, a problem. And also acetaminophen or Tylenol uh, exposure. Um, and then lastly, we talked about genetic and epigenetic predisposition. Yes, there is a genetic component, but these things are going at such a rate that our genes don't really change that fast. Our our genetic makeup is, is a much slower change. And so it just it doesn't make sense to blame all this on our genes. It just can't happen that quickly. We don't evolve that fast. Right. I think it's also important to note that it's also not just us being better at diagnosing it because right. I know that's an argument people make a lot. And we did not have this amount of problems 20 years ago. We just, it didn't exist. Right. I mean, it's not, have we gotten better at diagnosing it? Yes, probably. And have we broadened our definition? Maybe. Yes. So I we might have included yeah. more people. Right. And so therefore we get that too. You know, high cholesterol used to be 300 in this country. And when you lower it to 200 over the course of a few years, of course, more people are going to have right. high cholesterol. But that's not the only thing we're dealing with. Right. I mean, it's not just, you know, being able to recognize it. Right. Easily. Exactly. So, all right. So today, that's enough about last week. If you want more information, go listen to last week's episode. Shoot us a a message if you have any questions. Um, So I want to talk this week. We're going to talk about this and how either with ADD, ADHD, autism, there's, there's not one particular cause. There's not just one thing that triggers ADHD. There's not just one thing that triggers autism. There's not just one thing that triggers ADD. 
there's we have to look at this from almost a global perspective of everything that could be going on all at one time. Right. It's like a perfect storm. Exactly. No, and I think there are, and we're going to get into this a little later, there are some key areas to investigate when you're trying to determine, okay, where what what is causing this and what can we do to fix it? Yeah. So we are going to go over that to kind of give you, you know, a starting point of, okay, and kind of what we would do in our office as far as these are the areas that we would look at because they're more, they're most likely to be playing a part, but it's, it's not one single thing. And I think that's what, you know, conventional medicine, that's where they're getting this wrong. Yeah. I mean, we, and we've talked about it before. We had a, what was it? A three-part series on why conventional medicine won't help chronic disease. Yeah. Yeah, I, think, I think it was three parts. Yeah. We probably could have done about 10. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we but, could talk about that forever. The, the whole idea of, you know, name it and then blame everything on it. And, you know, one, one problem uh, has one cause that that's uh, that's so forever ago thinking it just we are way more complex as human beings that's just not how we operate right and when you can't find a single cause that's where you get into doctors saying well this is just how the, it is yep this is how you're gonna have to suffer with this for your whole life yeah because we can't find the cause and well maybe while you're suffering here take this antidepressant right no exactly <laughs> i mean because if there isn't a cause then they just think okay well they're there is no known cause. Well, that doesn't, there could be causes. There right. could be a number of different things. And we have to look, I mean, we have to be smart enough to know that just because there isn't one thing that's causing it doesn't mean that there's nothing you can do to fix it. And right. that's the system that a lot of people are stuck in. Right. And it's hard enough when you're dealing with it yourself, but when you're dealing with it with your child, which a lot of this with ADHD and autism, that's what we, you know, we see as parents who are struggling wanting to get their children better it's that much more frustrating right so one of the, the nice things that's kind of coming out of this is even modern medicine allopathic model is is starting to uh, to grasp that there's a a gut component to this and they're talking about you know tying things to this whole gut brain um, connection and it's it's really true that we're we're starting to see medicine do it with things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease, but we, we can really lump everything else in things like depression. The, it, our show topic today: ADD, ADHD, and autism. All of these psychiatric types of disorders are going to have a gut component to them. That's just something that they all really. The, even the research is starting to push this stuff together and, and bring things together and say, well, you know, we got to look at the microbiome. And I've got I've got medical doctor friends that are sending me articles all the time like, look at this. What do you think about this microbiome being tied to whatever the research article of the day is right. for them? Well, and, and the medical doctors in our office, I mean, right. you know, they're like, did you see this? Did you see this? Because right. it's once you know that there's a connection, you I mean, you start seeing all of the ways that other people are putting these things together. Right. And it kind of goes back to what we've talked about before, which is that this, you know, if you look at if you look at any condition as only affecting one part of the body, you're going to get it wrong. You just are because right. that's not how bodies work. No, you're that's <laughs> that's right. We could I could give examples for days on that. We'll just we'll just kind of let that one let that one lie. So I want to talk for just a second on the practicality of this. So there, there is, there is a, a practical component that is, is important to kind of get across. 
there is no people come and ask questions and and sit in on their consults and like, okay, well, what do we do? 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 And they they really want me to tell them, oh, this is this is what your kid has. This is how you fix it. And it we can't do that. There there's no well, one set protocol that works for everyone. Right. I mean, yeah, we. We can certainly give you a plan after testing is done. I think more common what happens is that people contact the office and say, what's your protocol for ADHD or what is your protocol for autism? And until we've actually, you know, tested and figured out what is most likely to be causing your child's condition, we can't tell you. And I know we we have a lot of people get frustrated at that. So it's not I mean, I just want to get it across it. It's not that we we treat you know, children and adults who have these conditions all the time, but there is not one set protocol. There right. just isn't. They're all doing different things. Right. And so that's that, why we get them better. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's tailored to them. Right. Imagine that's that. Amazing. And and we talked about this in our in our in our three part series about why conventional medicine won't help chronic disease, it, it, it goes back to conventional medicine is set up to treat the masses. And so what it does is it it fits everyone into some sort of category. And so that's it. You you either fit in this category or you don't and you know we're going to force you into this category and this is what you're going to do because this is what we do for this condition. Well, what if that doesn't work for you? Then you're left out in the cold or told that there's nothing that can be done and that's that that's not true. And you know even even people that have been to other, you know, practitioners come in and we're like, well, let's let's do these things. And we have all of these tools in our tool bag that we can do. And, you know, this is what we get to choose from. We're going to pick these three because these three or four or whatever it is will have the most bang for the buck because this is what's going on with you or your child. And once that gets explained to them, it's like it makes sense. And once we make once we hit on that common sense button, then people just they get it. And they're like, well, how come nobody else is doing that? That's the most common second question or second series of questions that comes is how come nobody else is doing this? And it's especially true once they start to get better. Right. And they're I mean, because it's one thing to have it explained to you. And we know um, there are a lot of people out there who, you know, who try to do what we do and are very good salespeople and, you know, can basically sell you anything where, where we really stand apart from the others is that we get the results. And I, that's why so many people come to us and that's why they keep coming back. And, I and mean, they refer their friends and family. And Right, exactly. Because it's not just, you know, and that's I just want to make that point that, you know, I mean, it's one thing when we're sitting in the consult room and they're starting out and they're like, oh, you make a lot of sense. That's only the first step, though, with us. I mean, it's not just the sales process and then you start doing it and keep hoping that there's going to be an improvement. I mean, the reason we're successful is because there is actual improvement. Right. And so back on back to the the practicality of, you know, everybody's protocol or process or pathway back to healing and health is going to be different. You know, this is again, this is why conventional medicine misses the boat here. But. It's a it's a blessing that there's a path, but it's also a bit of a curse because it's not easy. There's not just oh well, we just need to do this and everything will be fine. It doesn't it doesn't work like that. There are, uh, there may be a bunch of things that have to be done, and so you, you have to put in the hard work. No, it's, there's no overnight successes. People don't just all of a sudden become the absolute best in their field at anything. And all of people that have been sick for a long time don't just all of a sudden return to health. This is a long, drawn-out process. And 
if people want to get well, they do it. And that's, a, you know, the, that's that's the whole that whole piece of that puzzle is you, it's a process. There are there are markers that we're looking for on the way. There are things that we want to have happen along the way. And, you know, we can be on the make sure that we're on the right path. We got to be on the right path the whole time. And so it's it's really important to just understand that it's it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. But when you start seeing improvement. It's that much easier. Oh, it to, goes it goes way faster once keep pro- going. Yes, once improvement is seen, oh my gosh, it just goes quicker and quicker and quicker. Right, and it's and that makes it you know it may be long, but it's not difficult because you're improving the whole time, which is makes it easier to stay on the path. Right. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about we're going to dive into some of these key areas to investigate if you or someone you know or love is. Uh, suffering with ADD, ADHD, or autism. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you're just tuning in, uh, today on Wellness 101, we're talking about ADD, ADHD, and autism. It's part two of our talk on in this particular topic. And before the break, we had been talking about how there's, from a practical perspective, there's it's it's difficult to work with ADD, ADHD, um, because there are so many factors that come in and there's not just one specific protocol that someone that's suffering from one of those conditions follows to get well. There's there's a list of things that need to be investigated and checked out and s- to see exactly what path is going to be the best path for them. So what's interesting with that is when you look at the body like this, what you're addressing are the things that are going to lead to optimal health, optimal lifespan, and just overall well-being for anyone. It doesn't matter if you're suffering from a condition or not. This right. It's just going to be the way to make yourself the healthiest person that you can possibly be. And I think that that's what, you know, what sets apart kind of how we function at Institute of Natural Health, but also um, we talk about specific topics here because that's what people are interested in, right? I mean, we have people listening, I'm sure, especially, you know, when this becomes, you know, when we put these up as podcasts, who are specifically listening because they're interested about ADD, ADHD, or autism. But the bottom line is, and there are specific areas that we will look at because those are the, you know, the issues that you're experiencing. But the things that we do to help will help you for your general health anyway. And I think that that's important because we talk a lot about kids, you know, ADHD and autism with children. And we a lot of times have parents, but let's face it, there are a lot of adults out there, especially with like ADHD symptoms who were never diagnosed and may be experiencing these same things. And by coming in to see us, we are able to not only help with that, but to help, you know, increase their lifespan and increase their quality of life and their health overall. Right. And they get so excited when they are able to, you know, sit still and and enjoy something where before they, you know, may have had trouble with that. Right. Because they and they just kind of accepted that as normal. I mean, there's so many things that, you know, people accept as normal because it's gone on for so long. And then when it changes, they're just like, oh, my gosh, I thought this was just who I was. Right. I didn't even think of it as being a condition. Right. And, you know, a lot of parents bring their kids in 
And part of this is, you know, I don't want my kids taking these medications, the the medications that they, we have to give them because they have, you know, ADD or ADHD, they're scary. The side effects are scary. And I get it because, you know, they're basically amphetamines. They're uppers. And they don't want their kids to have the negative side effects. And once we start really talking to them and talk about how when, when we alter this whole gut-brain um Axis that they may not need those medications, that this brain chemistry can be altered without needing the meds, then that's what they're after. They just don't want their kids to have to take all these medications. So that's a that's a big thing. It's a it's a it's a big um oh, I don't know, I'm not sure what the word is I'm looking for, but it's it's one of the big focuses of a parent bringing their child in is keeping their kids off the medications. Well, because we've talked a lot in here about, you know, well, when we did the show on chronic disease, that so many people don't think of themselves as having a chronic disease. But then when you ask them if they're on medications, yes, are when you, you know, how long are you taking that? Well, I don't know. I'm taking it indefinitely. Well, then you've got a chronic, you have a chronic (laughs) issue. And, but I mean, it makes sense that, you know, all of these parents who come in are thinking, here I am starting my child off with this when they're how young and basically knowing they're going to be have to be on it their entire life. And of course, that is going to have an impact. If you're taking pharmaceutical medication indefinitely, it will have an impact. It's going to impact, you know, your life, you know, your health overall. Right. Um, and a lot of these, we don't even know how it's going, you know, the exact impacts because they haven't been around that long. And not to mention the whole polypharmacy concept of multiple medications for multiple things and medications for symptoms of taking multiple medications. And I mean, no one has studied what the effects of seven different drugs are on a person. Right. They just haven't. Yeah. There's not a there's not a study out there showing that. So and we think that that's scary when with adults. Think how scary that is when you're talking about a child. Yeah, the side effects become exponential. Right. It's it's not, oh, there's, you know, one side effect here and one side effect here and one side effect here. You add those three different combinations of things, you may have hundreds of side effects that are possible. Right. So, all right. So let's get into the, the areas that we investigate. Big things that are very important if you or, or, or someone you love has ADD, ADHD, or autism of what we need to look at and figure out what's what's going on with them. And the first one on the on the docket is nutrient status. This one is huge. So many people are nutrient deficient. And I've talked about it on this show before. There's actually a commercial out there for a you know basic one a day type of vitamin and they talk about how adults don't get enough daily vitamins and minerals in their diet. They they say that on the commercial. And so this is this is beyond true. Unfortunately, a one a day isn't going to really isn't really going to help you, especially in the yeah. forms that they're giving they're putting in those things. But it's extremely important to make sure that we have enough things enough things like zinc. Zinc is so important for all these different enzymes and stuff that happen in the body. It's extremely important for immune function. Things like choline, vitamin B twelve, iron. I can't tell you how many people don't have enough iron. It's just insane how many people don't have enough iron things like vitamin a vitamin a if you don't have enough vitamin a your gut will not function period yes but um caveat with this vitamin a and iron are two that you 
cannot just supplement on your own, correct? Well, you've got to be monitoring that. Right. I mean, it just I just don't want people to hear this and say, okay, let me load my child up with all of these things because... Especially pregnant women with vitamin A, there is a, there is a toxicity limit that you don't want to exceed. Um, so make sure you're paying attention with that. Right. Um, but yeah, vitamin A is, I mean, if you don't have enough, your gut is not going to be healthy, period. Well, and it's, what's crazy is that I think, you know, the way I look at it, and I'm guessing a lot of other people do, that being, you know, slightly deficient even in these can have such an impact because we don't think, I mean, it makes more sense to us that there would be something like majorly genetically wrong that caused ADHD or autism and not just, you know, nutrient deficiencies. Right. But it does play a huge role. Right. Right. And <laughs> so this is another one that, that comes up actually relatively often is vitamin C. People are like, well, I don't, I don't, I get enough vitamin C. I'm like, okay. So there's a, the, the recommended daily allowance is about 100 milligrams. And that's about the vi- amount of vitamin C in, an, in a medium to large size orange. And I look at people and I say, okay, so 100 is what you need to not get scurvy. How many oranges have you eaten in the last week? And invariably, the answer is less than five. I'm like, okay, so we're already deficient just in the last week. Now, think over the course of your lifetime. How many days have you gone without just just without an orange or any other vitamin C containing fruit or vegetable? And they're like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm like, okay, so we need 100 to, uh, per day to not get scurvy. What do you think we actually need for optimum health? And it blows their mind. I'm like, okay, so let's think about this. What if that heart disease that you have is is really more about not having nearly enough vitamin C than it is not having enough Lipitor in your system? What if that cholesterol problem that you have isn't a Lipitor deficiency? It's actually a vitamin C deficiency because we have to have vitamin C to make sure that the inside of our blood vessels are the healthiest that they can be. And the inside of our blood vessels being inflamed is one of the biggest causes for our, our body to increase production of cholesterol because we're trying to heal the damage. And light switches start coming on and people are like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about it that way. I'm like, exactly. And well, so and what if we just... it's never been explained that way. No. I mean... And it took me what? I, I, it couldn't have taken me more than a minute and a half to explain that to them. Right. And so, I mean... Yeah. Even in, even in a modern medical model, in your five-minute visit, a minute and a half wasted on explaining to someone that how they need so much more vitamin C than they're getting could offset all kinds of tremendous amounts of health effects. Well, and a lot of, um, a few other things when you had talked about just the vitamin C example. Um, First of all, with oranges, we see tons of people, if... First of all, if your gut isn't isn't working properly, you could eat tons of oranges and you're not going to be getting the vitamin C out of it. You're right. not be getting going to be getting the nutrients out of the food. Another thing is, if your gut is messed up, citrus fruits a lot of times people have issues with. Right. And so you could be sensitive and so even if you're listening to this and you're like, "Oh, I'll just start eating more, you know, oranges." Well, that may not work. That could actually make you sick if right. you have a sensitivity to it. And heaven forbid you have a food sensitivity to oranges. Right. Exactly. Then and- what are you going to do? And also, a lot of vitamin C supplements are, they come in hard pills. I mean, one of the things, you know, in our office, I mean, we use liposomals, which is, well, I mean, of course, we use IVs or the best way. But with liposomals, they go straight into your system. They're easily processed by your body. And so there's a lot of different ways to fix this that don't involve, you know, 
eating 100 oranges a day. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. You need an entire semi-load of oranges right. to be healthy. Um, all right. So we got to take another break. When we come back, we're going to continue on with our areas, key areas to, to be looking at. If you're suffering from ADD or ADHD and autism, we're going to get into things like toxin exposure, heavy metals. Um, we're going to talk about our gut as well. So that'll be on the backside of this break. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So before the break, we were talking about um, key areas to investigate. We'd, we'd gone through nutrient status and making sure that we have enough vitamins. Um, we're going to I think we, we covered that one enough. Let's move on to uh, the next one here on the list. Um, toxin exposure. So in the world that we live in. I mean, even conventional medicine has recognized and realized that toxic exposure is contributing to ADHD. And there's a mountain of research that is coming about and, and being performed that kind of proves this over and over and over again. So what one of the big things that we can do to, for toxin exposure is just reduce our exposure to those toxins. Make sure that we're using, you know, healthy cleaning products. Make sure that we're eating organic foods. These are just some very simple, basic things that we can do to reduce our load. And another big one is actually making sure that our body can properly detoxify what's going on, making sure that everything that deals with our detoxification process in our body is actually functioning and working the way it's supposed to. That's a key, key component. And, you know, one of the big things for this is, you know, one of the a key topic out there in, in today's world is this whole concept of methylation. And that's our body's ability in a nutshell, it's our body's ability to move a methyl group around. And when we do that, that's one of the big pathways of our body detoxifying and getting stuff out. Well, how we do that, there's there's a genetic test out there and everybody seems to be jumping on the bandwagon to to get with that. And it's it's called the MTHFR gene. And people come in and they talk about that a lot. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But that's when, you know, probably the second most popular drawing that I draw on a daily basis. If you're a first-time listener, the I have a, an enormous whiteboard in, in my consultation room and I draw a lot of things. And one of the big things that I draw is thyroid health and, and how we produce thyroid hormone. Another one is this whole methylation process. And I draw this thing out and I show the, the clients where in the drawing this MTHFR gene plays a role. And I'm like, okay, so if this isn't working, it, it slows down the whole methylation process and it can really almost bring it to a screeching halt. And it, it depends on what the defect is, right? Right. It definitely depends on what the defect is. Um, and so one of the one of the big pieces here is i bring in and i show them all of the other pieces that deal with the methylation process there are a lot of other things with this not just mthfr there's this thing called mtrr that's how we deal with b12 we have comt or catechoomethyltransferase that's how we process and break down our um, some of our neurotransmitters things like serotonin and dopamine 
Um, we have CBS or cystathionine beta synthase. This is how we, this, from the backside of that enzyme working, is how we get to make things like taurine and how we get to make things like um, glutathione, our master antioxidant. And then there's another one called AH. I think it's AHCY. I think it's AHCY. It has to do with homocysteine, which is one of the nasty byproducts of this whole methylation process. If we don't have all of that working together, the system is slowed down. And if we have breaks, if you have an MTHFR problem, and that's what everybody knows and loves and follows, and, and we write books about it. And it does make a difference. It does make a difference. I mean, but if you have if you have no problems with that, doesn't mean you're in the clear because there's a lot of other things that go around this right. thing. Well, and I just want to point out to everyone. So, I mean, we generally have like a basic outline that we follow and, you know, this one said toxin exposure. And so, (laughs) I kind of went off the rails there. um, Way over my head and probably over a lot of people's, but just, I want to point out, I mean, that's why that's why we're good at what we do because all of those things that we've never heard of, that we didn't know were in our bodies, that we didn't know that we should care about, um, he loves that stuff. I I pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) It's a favorite. It's it's like Nerdvana. I love it. (laughs) It's fantastic. But all of these things play a a huge role. And so that one little piece of the puzzle that everyone's trying to hang their hat on, it it may not be what's most important. Right. And it's it's one that we, there has been, you know, significant research, then there are different types of defects you can have. And depending on the type of defect, it can play a major role in your ability to detox. Right. Absolutely. And so, and if all of them are broken, holy cow. Yeah. And how I explain it to people in, in just general terms that everyone can understand. It's like you live in a city, Um, We're in St. Louis, for those of you listening out there, and you find out that you have a genetic defect. doesn't mean that all the traffic in the city stops. It just means that there are a few major roadways that are shut down. doesn't mean that you can't get from point A to point B. It's just going to be slower. It's going to be more congested, and you're going to get frustrated a lot more trying to get there. So that's all it really is. It's just... It's just we have to work around what's going on, and we have to know that it's there. The biggest com- the biggest component to this is actually knowing that something is wrong and being able to then fix that. Right. That's the key. Well, and I think, you know, and this is a test that we do run off in, in the office. Yes. And I think it also, and I know we don't want to get into this, but I don't think that ADHD and autism, you know, discussion is probably complete without at least mentioning vaccines. If someone has a major MTHFR defect probably they need to spread those out. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have a problem detoxifying. And so I think there is a reason why there are these people out there saying, my child had an issue after they were vaccinated. And there are others saying vaccinations are necessary. Yep. I think there is we there is enough, you know, the science now proves that, okay, there are kids who are going to have a hard time processing these things out. And that's why if you know that your child has an MTHFR defect, especially, you know, which kind of defect, it is that much more important to maybe spread them out. We're not saying, you know, you can't do it. Right. But, you know, I mean, it's just making sure that they have the time to process it because it's going to take them longer Longer. than it would the average child. Right. And that's exactly right. And, you know, it's less about it's less about getting everything all at once and and following the schedule if you're vaccinating it's more about doing it the safest way possible and most everyone can agree that if we're going to vaccinate you want it to be the safest way possible you don't just want to throw everything on the on the uh in, into the body all at once and just hope it all sticks we got to make it 
safe. And if there's a way that you can test and figure out what's going on is, you know, is my kid at risk, you know, for having problems and all you have to do is run a test and figure out, yeah, you know what, you might, might want to spread these out. Most doctors will work with you on that because they, they're starting to understand. And if you just bring them a mountain of evidence, what are they going to do? Say, oh, well, that evidence is, is nothing. If they do that, you find another doctor. Right. That's and simple. Think, yeah. And I've got a whole list of them that I can give you of people that will listen to that and understand, hey, you know what? We I get that there's more and more research coming out saying that, you know, maybe this person is ha, needs to slow these down and spread these out. That's perfectly fine. That's what we're looking for. Right. It's just it's not as simple as, okay, well, all of these children never had a reaction, so clearly they're safe. And, you know, right. it, it just not because no one had a heart attack until they had their first one. Right. Exactly. I mean, and good it's, Lord. You know, we cannot look at all children the same way because they're not the same. Right. I mean, that's that's the whole issue that we're having with conventional medicine. So we have to look at them individually. Right. So this segues right into the next one, which is a massive toxin exposure. It's actually heavy metals. Heavy metals are a very, very important piece to look at when dealing with someone's overall health. It's a relatively inexpensive test to do. It gives a massive amount of information. And I don't care what you have going on in your health. If you're inundated with heavy metals, that's one of the first things that has to be addressed. Right. Because you can't fix a lot of the other things if you have so many heavy metals in your system. Right. And, and- Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Well, and I just want to say from personal experience, I think a lot of people think of heavy metals as, okay, well, I don't have mercury fillings. I don't have, you know what I mean? I didn't eat lead paint chips as a kid. Exactly. Um, I can say personally, I had no, I still have no reason, um, you know, to believe that I, you know, had any sort of, you know, severe exposure to any heavy metals. My mercury was off the chart, and I mean literally off the chart of what they were able to test. And we have no idea where I got it from. But I'm just saying, so if you or, you know, your children um, have had no known exposure, it doesn't mean that they don't have excessive levels of heavy metals. And they can cause horrible neurological symptoms and all sorts of other symptoms. Right. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen it where people have just crazy things off the chart. I mean, we had one gentleman... Uranium was off the chart. No exposure to uranium. Didn't work in a nuclear facility. Yeah. Yeah. Has no idea where he came into contact with it, but his uranium levels were sky high. And, I mean, she's not kidding. Her mercury levels were literally off the chart. It took years to get those things down. Right. And a lot of chelation, which is one of the ways that, you know, we're able to do that, to get it out of your system. And that's not a, a, you know, therapy that's a, a... that just easily is, is dispensed to anyone. There's There are people that can and cannot do that type of therapy, but it can be very, very helpful. But things, you know, we're paying attention to things like mercury and lead, arsenic, um, cadmium is another big one. You know, there's just so many different components here that we have to pay attention. And bismuth, bismuth is one that ends up being off the chart. Nine times out of 10, I just look at people and I say, how much Pepto-Bisbol right, have you taken exactly. in your lifetime? And they're like, oh, I... I, a lot. Right. I'm like, Which exactly. Your body can't get rid of it. Heartburn, um, you know, episode that we did. You right. know, I think that was a two part episode. Yeah. And it's the whole thing. You know, people suffering with heartburn and indigestion will pop those things like candy because right. they're over the counter. They have to be fine. Yeah, they have to be safe for you. Well, they are safe if you're, you know, if your body could get rid of it, but you can't. Right. So what are you going to do now? Exactly. 
so that's a big one. We just we just have the key there is identifying what's there, figuring out what's going on, and then getting it out of the body. Right. And so, yeah, and if you are interested, I mean, make sure that you go somewhere who is very, you know, qualified to not only test, but, I mean, if you're looking at chelation, it is extremely beneficial if it's done correctly. Just you know, the people have to really know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, we do a lot of that in our office, and it, yeah, you, I don't, mean. Don't, don't just go to anyone. Right. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's enough on that. So toxins and heavy metals, they kind of go together um, because making sure that, you know, this when we talked about that whole genetic component to, to toxin exposure, that all that stuff has to be working to be able to get those metals out of the system. So that's how those two kind of tie together. Um, next one, gut microbiome. We talked a little bit about gut microbiome. Um, so we're not going to spend a whole lot of time here. We just... It's important to test this because things like parasites, bacterial pathogens, small intestinal bowel overgrowth, all of those yeah, things. Fungal overgrowth. Fungal overgrowth. Yeah. All of these things can can really impact what's going on in the body and knowing how to get rid of them. You know, there are, there are processes and procedures to get rid of them. You don't just attack everything all at once if you have multiple things going on and expect it to work and, and a person to just be like, oh, well, everything's gone. I'm fine now. It doesn't work like that. We're, we, you, these things have to be done in steps and stages. It's right. You've got to be able to clean the body up and, and get it healthy. And again, I mean, just because you haven't been to, you know, a third world country doesn't mean, you know, you, you wouldn't have these things. I mean, again, personal experience. I had internal parasites that had to be treated. No idea where I got them. Right. I mean, never went anywhere that I thought that would be an issue. So, um, you know, a lot of times people are surprised they have these issues because they, they're like, I have no idea where I was exposed. But right. at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. Right. doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters is that we figured out what it is. We got rid of it and we're and we're good to go. Right. So, all right, we got to take another break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking with uh, or talking about rather these key areas that need to be looked at when you're dealing with ADD, ADHD and autism. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back. We've been talking, if you're just tuning in, you've missed a pretty good show today. We're talking about ADD, ADHD, and autism and things that you can actually do if you have these conditions to, uh, you know, address your overall health and things that may be able to help. Um, we've talked about nutrient status. We talked about toxins. We talked about heavy metals. And we talked a little bit about the gut microbiome and kind of going on, just going on with the gut microbiome. When we talked about this last week is, is short-chain fatty acids, making sure um, that we don't have too much propionic acid, which is a very inflammatory thing for our gut, and making sure that we actually have enough butyrate, which is a very anti-inflammatory um, short-chain fatty acid in our gut. And so we just need to, to make sure that these things are balanced out. And if you want more information, we could talk quite a while on this, but we spent quite a bit of time on last show talking about this topic. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that if you want more information on that. Um, next is antibiotics. Um, antibiotics, often overprescribed, um, decreasing the amount of antibiotics a, a person takes is just flat out going to improve health. Now, antibiotics are necessary. If you got a nasty infection, bacterial infection, antibiotics can, can be life-saving. Not saying they're not good for you. But things like ear infections, they're almost always viral in, in, uh, in nature, and they're self-limiting, meaning that regardless of whether you're taking antibiotics or not, 
the infection is going to go away in the same amount of time. Right. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of kids with ear infections are prescribed antibiotics. And yeah. a lot of parents demand antibiotics. Right. And just so you know, it probably isn't saving you any time. Wrong course. Right. Wrong course. Um, another one is, while we're, while we're speaking of, of medications, acetaminophen, which is Tylenol. Uh, it's not really good for any human, let alone children. Um, I understand parents give it because it helps to break a fever. And I mean, maybe if your kid has a massive fever and you're scared to death and you need to give something to get that fever down, maybe. But if they're just running a little fever, let the fever run its course. Right. Don't don't try to bring their fever down. That's that's part of building an immune system. Yeah, uh, if it gets too high, I mean, if and you can always call our office too. I mean, there yeah. are other things that you can do to bring the fever down. But um, I a lot of people use it because they are under the impression that it's incredibly safe. Right. And it's not. It's not that safe. No, it I doesn't mean, cause these huge, I mean, you know, we're looking at it with, like, pregnant women and saying, well, it doesn't cause birth defects and things, but it that doesn't mean that it's not causing other problems. Right, exactly. So another another thing to pay attention to is diet. Now, we we could probably do an entire show on diet. Uh, following a GAPS diet or the... Um, gut and psychology syndrome diet, which is basically a derivative of the specific carbohydrate diet. Um, and you can look all those up. There's all kinds of things there. The GAPS diet inc- incorporates some supplementation. They really want you to be throwing in some essential fatty acids, um, specifically omega-3 fatty acids, uh, vitamin A, which we talked about before. It's extremely helpful for gut health. Um, some digestive enzymes and then making sure that we're taking some vitamin and mineral supplementation. Very important pieces of the puzzle for diet, GAPS diet and specific carbohydrate diet work. Um, a ketogenic diet can help. Um, a paleolithic diet can help. Any of those things. Right. And when you're talking about kids, um, we can kind of help walk you through that too in our office. And right. that's always good because, you know, it's, you do want to make sure they're getting all the nutrients that they need. Right. Um, HPA axis, this is another piece, the the hypothalamus, hypothalamic, rather, I'm sorry, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, the HPA. This is, I mean, we, again, this is something that we'll probably do an entire show on or multiple yeah. shows because there's just so much information around this. But one of the big ones for this is making sure to shut off blue light exposure at night, making sure that you're not, if it's your child, making sure to get them away from the screen, TV, cell phone, computer, get that off and, and, you know, have an hour or so before they go to bed because those things really mess up our circadian rhythm, which then in turn messes up that hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. And then one that I want to really I want to touch on is mitochondrial function. We've got to figure out how to make our mitochondria do more and work properly. So mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. These things are what produce energy. And things like infections can really, really rip apart mitochondrial function making sure that we don't have an Epstein-Barr virus hanging out in there. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that Epstein-Barr virus is one of these viruses that can be reactivated with any known, without any outward sign or symptom. It can just ravage a system. You can shed this thing off and create all kinds of problems without having any sign or symptom. Nothing. And so making sure that we don't have something like that is is 
critical. Right, and just because you don't have an outward sign resistance doesn't mean it's not doing damage it's, internally. That's exactly right. Another thing is, is you know, infections, Lyme, uh, Bartonella, Babesia. These things can really play havoc. I mean, there was an article on one of the news outlets just a couple of weeks ago about a man that died from uh, a, a tick-borne illness. And it was a huge story. It was a big deal. But, you know, with mitochondrial function, we really ramp, ramp it up with making sure that, you know, people are getting enough su- uh, nutritional supplements. Things that are important for mitochondrial function, well, I'll just rattle them off quickly. Things like CoQ10, um, ubiquinol, which is activated CoQ10, PQQ, pyroloquinolone, quinone, um, creatinine, or creatine rather, L-carnitine, B vitamins, all of these things go together kind of as a mitochondrial cocktail. Right, as well as we also use PMF in the... Oh, yeah, pulse electromagnetic field therapy. Yes, which um, Dr. CJ taught about a lot. So, I mean, we are able to see great results with that. Right. And then genetic testing. There's a lot of genetic and epigenetic testing out there. We do a lot of this in the office, but that's key. So, all right, that's about all the time we've got. I mean, if this doesn't encourage you that there's there's hope out there i don't know what can but it's also you got to make sure that you're going somewhere that you know you can trust them they know what they're doing so keep that in mind um all right if you want more information website the institute of natural health.com our phone number 314-293-8123 um for wellness 101 this is dr tj thanks for listening